and there's a cowboy talking to a dressage guy. And the cowboy looks at this guy and he goes, hang on, I've got exactly that same problem. And they're starting to realize that they've mm. got a lot in common. And all of a sudden he goes, oh, we, that's exactly how we <laughs> do it. Ended up being great mate. And then this started spreading. Welcome to Come Along for the Ride, a podcast for horse lovers everywhere. I'm your host, Tracy Malone, and this podcast is brought to you from my home in the Sanford Valley in the northwest of Brisbane, Australia. This land that I live on is Waka Waka and Turbul country. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and pay my respects to their ancestors past and present. And I'd also like to extend that respect to each and every one of you listening. In this episode, I speak with Rod Lockwood, the man who brought Equitana Australia to our shores 20 years ago. Having run my own businesses over the years, I am one of those people who goes out for dinner and calculates the seats in the restaurant and the staff and the meal costs to see how profitable a business like this is. I go to QSEC and I look at the same thing. The amount of staff, the overheads with equipment, planning, promotions. I do a few sums in the hope that they are being profitable. I love watching small businesses thrive. So when I think of a mammoth event like Equitana and the sheer amount of overheads they would have to have before tickets are even sold, it makes my brow sweat. That's an incredible business, all done by a small core team. Then I find out that Rodney's partner's company worked from pure heart, a love of horses and a deep knowing that it would turn profitable eventually for many years before they actually made a profit. This is when I know that Equitana Australia is something special. What I love about Equitana Australia is the way it brings such a diverse horse world to one place, where dressage meets reigning and so many tens of thousands of people who attend from every discipline and horse breed known to Australia all walk the same ground. Equitana is a place where all horse people can find common ground and where our pure love of horses brings us to this mammoth event and over four days might just break down a few of those misconceptions we may have about each other. From all the profitable businesses around the world, this one has a beating heart and that heart is horses. Here is Rod. Rod, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Good morning, Tracy. How are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. All the better to hear this amazing story of you and what it is that you do. Tell us a little bit about what you do, please, Rod. Well, first and foremost, we're an event company, but we're actually event entrepreneurs. So the uh, company was started in 1999, and it was actually started by Daryl Herbert. And Daryl was living in the States and married an American lady, and they wanted to move back to Australia and raise their children here. So he moved here, and he was with one of the world's largest event companies, known as Freeman's. And uh, they were huge in Las Vegas. And uh, when he moved here, they said, oh, well, why don't you start up? our office in Australia, which he did. But they soon realised the Australian market wasn't big enough for them, so they pulled out and Daryl took over that company himself. And uh, that's when um, I joined him. And he even had his uh, sister working there. She was the first employee. So it was very much a family business. And even today, we still carry that on and uh, we're very proud of that. And over the years, Daryl and I have stuck together. We're still together and uh, we're like brothers. Daryl's been a, a great driver uh, of our history as well. So we've been a good team. So that's how it all started. Our first major event was an event called Equitana. And that came about for two reasons. First of all, I've always had a strong love of horses. I grew up with them on a farm in Victoria. Well, I wouldn't call myself a horseman, but I've always loved horses, and I had a horse. I was given one for my fourth birthday. Oh, wow. That's early. Well done. Who was that horse? That was a horse called Lady, a little stock horse, and the, uh, my father was very keen for us to enjoy the farm life and make the most of it, and to him, horses was a great part of that. And we had that, and that started off a true love. It started off with a complete and utter fear 
of horses and and lady bullied me a bit. Well, you're four years old and you got a stock horse. I thought that was a bit of a stretch. Well, he actually didn't know what he he was doing in retrospect <laughs> but uh, it was just a horse that a friend had and he, my father said oh well look we'll take it over and uh, uh, here's a horse you know why don't you learn to ride sort of stuff but what turned out was it was a great love uh, of horses and uh, I'll always fondly remember my father through this mistake of just naively taking it on he gave myself and my brothers and sisters this this great love and bond that we still share which is wonderful Back in the day as well, though, we had a different mindset, didn't we? We didn't really think much about safety. We just thought about how do we get this kind of thing done? And that's why there's so many entrepreneurs coming out in this day and age, because back in our childhood, we just had to figure stuff out, didn't we? Well, that was the, that was the thing. And uh, you know, probably showing my age, but back in the uh, early 60s, that, that's, that's just the way it was. And, yeah. uh, and I'm very thankful for it tried to do that with my own children and they're all still complete and with us and we're all great friends so there's a lot to it and you know that's one of the great benefits being an Aussie as well. Yeah absolutely. But poor old lady suffered because before long I was a teenager the interest from horses moved to girlfriends and so horse riding was shelved for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that love never dissipated. I still was interested in competitions and watching everything from rodeo through to the Olympic disciplines. And it's just something to this day, I'm just fascinated by the skill of both horse and rider. And the fact that, you know, it's a discipline that males and females can compete on in a level playing field. And I just think that the world can learn so much from horse riding and, and the skills of horsemanship. You know, those beautiful, beautiful beasts that you have to work in harmony with. And, you know, we can all learn from that. Mm, Absolutely. That's why I'm passionate about it. Fantastic. You're a man after my own heart. So you decided to bring the biggest event we've ever seen to Australia. How on earth did that happen? It's actually an interesting story because it wasn't our idea. We were an event company and uh, we were event entrepreneurs and very heavily involved in the music industry. So uh, we had events like the Byron Bay East Coast Blues and Roots Music Festival, which is still going today. And uh, And it's huge. It's huge. And uh, we were Mm. sort of at the forefront of that. And we were in a team of four where there were music promoters involved, the likes of Michael Chug and Glenn Wheatley, who manages John Farnham, for instance. And we were all part of that. And they were heady days, or days of rock and roll. But the one thing was we were respected for, that we ran these events safely and responsibly. And we were entrepreneurs. And, the, and governments and local councils look at that and they say, look, you know, when we want to bring an event to an area and we can't do it ourselves but we're prepared to support it, we need to work with people like that. And uh, so we we developed our skills early on in the world of outdoor festivals and events. And to this day, that's been the mantra of our company. So the story goes that we had this reputation and the Victorian government through Tourism Vic were keen to ensure that Victoria wasn't just seen as the spring carnival and horse racing. At that stage, the equine industry was huge in Australia and, and still is, but, but it was massive back in the uh, 80s and 90s and big employer, etc. And it was a, a really respected industry. So they wanted to embrace the whole of the equine community, not just uh, the horse racing industry. So they came to us and said, do you have interest in looking at bringing a horse event into the state? Well, that pricked my ears because of my love of uh, of equine. And uh, we did a study, to cut a long story short, and we found this event in Germany called Equitana that we thought was ideal for this model. It would bring the whole of the equine community together. It would promote everything from education through to uh, sport, right through to Expo, which was what the German model was. Uh, And it had some entertainment in it too. So we thought, well, that's the event that Victoria should look for. So to their credit, Tourism Vic said, okay, well, let's go over to Germany, have a look at this event and, and talk to them. And Equitana Germany was created by a very large European 
event organizer called Reed's, Reed Expo. And they had this great brand. It was a terrific event. It's huge. And to this day, it's a, still a, a, a great event, let alone equine event. And um, we went there and to their credit, in their very Germanic way, they said, yes, of course, you know, you can have, you can have Australasia. And they put a line through the map, which included China, Japan, everything. And we said, yes, you beauty, we'll, we'll take that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for giving us half the world. Yeah. And uh, we took it and we got a 20-year license from them to use the brand of Equitana and to work in conjunction with them to develop the event. So uh, we're off to the races, as they say. And the first event was very difficult, really difficult, because what we didn't realise at that stage was no one had ever tried to bring the equine community together. You had your Western disciplines, you had your horsemanship and trainers. There's a lot of silos there, aren't there? A lot of silos. Wow. Yeah, and it turned out that we were very naive about this and uh, a lot of these people didn't like each other. There was, it was, uh, they were competitive and parochial. You know, at, at one stage, I remember some of the early meetings, there, were, there was pushing and shoving going on because there was you know, past indiscretions and sins and things that were unsettled and uh, we tried to bring these people together and it was, was not happy. Wow. But to everyone's credit, the great thing was that everyone was prepared to at least work at it and have a go and see if we couldn't get it because they all knew that this is what the industry needed. Yeah. It was terrific that they were prepared to put, put that aside, work with each other and, and get this thing going. And we were eternally grateful that that was the case. And eventually we all got together and we did our first event. And the, the first event was, was tough. It was, it was an education year. And uh, that was in 1999. It, was, uh, it came through and it, everyone said, look, it was, it was a difficult year, but we can see what you're trying to do and we want to support you. And that's, that's really what we wanted to hear. We'd, we'd lost money. Do you know what your attendance was in that first year? It was about uh, over the four days, it was about 30,000 mm -hmm. people, uh, just not enough. And that's still huge for the first, though. That's, that's not bad. It was great. It, and, and everyone could see the, the vision and they could see, you know, given time, this thing can work. Uh, mm. We had invested very heavily in it and we ended up being bruised and battered financially as, as, as well. And uh, we thought, oh, you know, can we can we keep this going? Is this, is this are we going to win or is this going to kill us? And um, yeah, we decided. And you know what? It took seven events. Wow! To, to make it profitable, we had to carry it for all that long. And that's that fourteen years. That's all. No, well, in those days, uh, we we were doing it more often. It was, I think, it was about ten years because. The Queensland Events Corporation saw it and, and they liked it and they said, could you do this in Brisbane? So we tried to do it annually for a while and we did a couple in Brisbane and they were flops and we just didn't think we could turn that around. Mm -hmm. So we decided that, look, it was started in Melbourne, let's stick with Melbourne. So it took us seven events over about 10 years uh, to get it to, to uh, get the model perfect because what we worked out, Tracy was that we were trying to do it the German way and the Aussies weren't really responding. So the big difference still today is that in Germany, and the, the event goes for about 10 days in Germany, it only goes for four here, mm -hmm. and that's enough for the size of our market because the, you know, the obvious difference is the power of population in Europe. Yeah, you, know, it's a, it's, you can get to Germany if you're living in Holland or, or wherever yeah. in, in, a, in a matter of hours. So, you know, you can fly or drive there easily. Well, it's not the case here. And it just, the size of Equitana, it, it, it sucks a lot uh, out of the industry. So we, we need to be very aware of this. So that's why it's done in Australia every two years. Mm -hmm. And try as we may, because we've tried it in Sydney, we've tried everywhere. And it's Melbourne that works because it was the original one. It's the one that people know. And um, so we've now got the model where we do it in Australia and New Zealand. That seems to, uh, uh, we've got hopes, big hopes for that. 
but getting back to the story, what what we worked out was that the the German model of every night having entertainment. So they have this thing called the Hot Top Show, and so we gave it a bit more of an Aussie name, did the play on words. Aussies love to do, and called it the main event, mm-hmm. but didn't spell it M A N E. We put on a um, a show, and but what we found was that it was expensive to put on. And the difference with Aussies is that the equine community community found it a bit theatrical, and the theatrical or entertainment community people who weren't really interested in horses but were looking for a good show found it too horsey. So we were stuck in the middle. So what we worked out was that our main market where we had all the support was the hardcore horsey market, mm-hmm. and so we should adapt to that. So the entertainment was, was okay, let's do really high-end competition and we'll put elements of entertainment. Um, so with arena rakes, um, when that had to happen, we'd put a band on, for instance, or we would, we, you know, sometimes we would have, you know, beautiful flamenco guitarists with dancers on the arena and all that. So we changed it so it was very horsey with tastes of entertainment. And that was the difference. People really responded well to that and liked that in our ticket sales. And it was cheaper to do as well, of course. So you've always got to look at those economics. And mm. uh, and uh, that was that was what worked. So we've done that all the time. And, you know, here we are 20 years later and uh, I can't help myself. I've decided that we need to do an entertainment night again just to bring back the old main event. Uh, mm. So we're going to do that on the Saturday night of, of this year's uh, show, just uh, to see if that will work, see if the market has changed a bit. So it's been quite a journey. Yeah, well, there's so many people that travel, so it's kind of one night is is not too much to ask everyone, is it? You can kind of do it for one night and exactly. and make a night of it. Yeah, and if you go and travel that far, which a lot of people do, a lot of people travel from all over Australia for it, yeah. you know, one night would be quite special yeah that's right and uh the entertainment we're doing we're, instead of having 10 acts we're only going to have three and we've, we've got an illusionist coming who's going to make a horse disappear i hope wow and uh, that's never been done before that's never been done that's a world first i'm, I'm actually <laughs> it's sort of a personal reward uh, i thought ah oh, that's something i'd like to see <laughs> that's what we're doing absolutely yeah Wow, that's incredible. Mm. Oh, my word. How do you find somebody who does that? Wow. Did you Google it? No. I, <laughs> I, I, um, my daughter was telling me about this great illusionist that was on Australia Has Talent, and he turned mm-hmm. a mini miner into a Ferrari, and then he made the Ferrari disappear. And I thought, ooh, I wonder if we can do a Shetland. That's yeah. incredible, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. So we're going to try that exact thing, but with horses. So uh, wow. I'm excited about that. We've been having a lot of meetings with the illusionists. Uh, his name is Sam Powers. And, um, and he's an Australian? Yeah, he's based in Sydney. He's one of the world's great illusionists. He's There's a team of illusionists that travel the world, and he's done Vegas and all around the world. And he's a, an Aussie guy. Uh, who's, uh, he's incredible. He's got a great show. Actually, he's going to be on at the Brisbane Showgrounds during ECA, and um, he's got this great death-defying uh, act where he's suspended 150 feet by a, a crane, and these jaws of death are above him, and they set the ropes on fire so the jaws of death are going to sh- slam shut, and he's, he's in a straight jacket, and he gets himself out of the straight jacket, and bungee jumps out of the way just in time. It's, it's really quite something to see. So he, you can. Wow. So uh, we're really pleased that he's agreed to have a go at uh, at this illusion for us, and uh, and uh, we'll, we'll have a lot of fun doing it as well. And and that night we'll have the double dance uh, on and David Mansion as well. So it's really going to be something to have those three acts on the same arena in one night. It's, mm. That's really going to be something. Wow. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So your first Equitana has pulled in about 30,000 people. How many people do you expect through the gates this year? What's your average now? Uh, it's about 54,000. 
um, over the four almost. days. So it's almost doubled. Yes, almost. And uh, I think we've sort of come to a bit of a barrier. But the great thing is now that we're getting more and more people coming in from um, Asia and Europe and even a couple from America mm-hmm. because America has so many horse events that there's no need for them to travel. But you know, they're now starting to see the benefits of travel and uh, having a look at the way people in Australia and other areas are doing things. So it's great to see that percentage. So to give you an example, about 4% of that 54,000 comes from overseas, which is really positive. And, that is. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a foundation that uh, we're working on and as our reputation grows internationally because of the quality of the event that it is and the great products that are on display in the expo that uh, uh, and a lot of very Australian things with the way uh, some of our beautiful saddles are made and the quality of leathers that are here and all those sorts of things and reins and all the tack that you can get here that uh, are a little bit different so uh, people are really interested in that now Mm. and uh, it's something that we've always wanted to do is to showcase you know, great Australian horsemanship. And that's what TWOTH is all about. And TWOTH is something that we are really proud of because that's become a brand within the brand. Mm-hmm. And what is TWOTH for those who don't know? Okay, it's uh, it's the way of the horse and uh, everyone calls it TWOTH these days. And uh, what it is, is it's a showcase of Australian horsemanship. And um, it's a it's a competition. It's done over the four days where we bring in green horses. We uh, have uh, in the old days it was three Australian horsemen uh, would select uh, their horse, and then over the course of the four days they'd work with the horse and train it up. And then the last day on the Sunday uh, we would have a, a, a set course that they would do and show how far they've been able to bring the horse under really trying conditions. I mean, no one ever trains a horse with 5,000 people watching them with all the oohs and ahs and claps and things that are applause that's going on, a horrible environment for a green horse. Um, mm. And uh, But the way they do it in such a caring way, we, we've never had an incident of cruelty. Um, it's just been total talent and and great Australian horsemanship and we're now trying to replicate that in New Zealand and for the first time ever this year we'll have uh, Tui Teka, a a great New Zealand um, Maori trainer who won it in Auckland last year. He's coming over and we're going to do a bit of a showcase of of talent of people who won it previously. So we're really happy with with the way that's going and and, um, it's uh, Australian horsemanship is something that we in the equine community can be really proud of internationally. Uh, Australian horsemen and trainers are more and more sought internationally uh, for their ability to work with horses and uh, uh, mm. and uh, it's something that should be recognised more and more and hopefully uh, Equitana and Twoth is doing that for them because really that's our job. Mm. Our job in a commercial sense and we understand and respect that we are commercial beasts and we're well but we do our best to give back by showcasing our talent and to create a market for products and uh, services and talent uh, to be showcased Uh, and uh, that's been one of the successes of Equitana and something we're very proud of to get that balance right Mm. if you know what I mean between the commercial needs to to survive, uh, for us to survive, that is, but also... Yes, uh, yes. Well, you had 10 years of loss, so yes. it, it, business doesn't run without money, does That's it? That's right. And, you know, we've always had this reputation that we're a big corporate. We're not. We're just a small business. We're a family business. And we've put a lot of uh, blood, sweat and tears, uh, let alone cash, uh, we were lucky that we had a successful business in the music side of things that we could supplement uh, Equitana and it was an anchor for many years and it was only our love of it and the passion that we had for the event itself and the and the equine community that kept it going because our accountants were saying, you, you, you're just being foolish now. You know, two events we understand you know, but what what is this? It's it's seven events. You're still losing money, and you still want to do it. And it was just Daryl's 
and my love and, and we could see it. You know, when you're so close to something, you can see that it's going to work if it's given time. And it's, it's like a little flower. If you give it the fertilizer, if you give it the love and the water, it will grow. And that's what's happened. It's, it's now Equitana Melbourne. It is a successful event. It's commercially viable. And it's got a, it's got a pulse. It's, it's, it's evolved. And, and that's the way we've treated it and continue to treat it. That, um, it's, mm. it's, for me, it's been this 20 year journey where uh, I've just absolutely loved. I look back and um, we've now sold every event over the years because that's what entrepreneurs do. We started these mm -hmm. music events. We grew them. We had five of them in the end all around Australia and a media company came to us. We sold it. You know That gave us money to go into tr the sport of triathlon and uh, we built up a big portfolio of Australia's biggest triathlons in in Noosa and you know all throughout Queensland and uh, uh, and Sydney etc and uh, and Melbourne of course in Geelong and uh, we built that up and a, an American company called Iron Man bought us out for that but the one common denominator in all the events we've done over over the 20 years we've kept Equitana we've invested in it and it's the event that we would call our cornerstone. It's one of the reasons this company exists. It's one of the reasons that keeps the the passion burning within us. And uh, and, and I'm not just saying that. <laughs> we actually mean it, and we try and say that. And it's very hard when you when you when you're seen as a bit of a corporate beast in the industry. It's very hard to say actually. How many staff do you have? How many people are there that actually put this together? It, purely on Equitana. Mm -hmm. So we've got seven people who work full-time on Equitana. <laughs> There's no corporate beast there, is there? No, that's right. This is Seven uh, more people to make such an extraordinary event happen. That's right. That's right. And, uh, all tar and we have this great atmosphere. It's a fabulous team effort. And um, a lot of them have been with us for many years. So, um, you know, they don't want to leave because they, they love what they're doing. And, and they work in... Uh, the education session. So we have uh, a person who works uh, only part time for us. She works three days a week, but education's her thing. And you know, competition. You know, uh, we've uh, got the the Hansons, Kevin and Sue Hanson from New Zealand, um, who uh, started the Horse of the Year in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. uh, great people, huge knowledge of the industry, and they they work with us full time here in Melbourne. They moved over and they run the competition program uh, with uh, another person, uh, Bonnie Carr, uh, here. And these are people who have really developed their knowledge and uh, expertise in putting on competition events and we're unabashedly proud of the quality of the competitions we put on mm. and uh, they're not the, they're not the biggest in the country but they can carry very good prize money and uh, we're one of the uh, in fact we're the only group that builds a purpose-built 5,000 seat horse arena no one else does that you don't have to do that in Europe because those venues exist. Yeah. But in Australia, it, it just doesn't exist. So we, we put in uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, it costs us, to give you a little bit of insight, mm -hmm. about $550,000 to build a horse arena. Wow. And that's, that's why the event is so hard to make money. And, and I don't say that for sympathy. I'm just saying if there's no equine specialised venue that is big enough in Australia. So Tamworth's been built since we started and that's a magnificent facility. But it doesn't have the big expo pavilions and all those sorts of things that we need. Mm -hmm. So we have to go to a place like the Melbourne Showgrounds and build it for ourselves. Yeah, and Tamworth also wouldn't have the capacity to hold 50,000 people who turning up into town. No, not unless you went into the fields and everything mm. around it. But the you know the showgrounds are built for major shows, you know, like the mm. Melbourne Show, and uh, they have horse events within that. They have a very proud equine history as well. Um, so uh, you know it's 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 a great match for us, and it's it's uh, sometimes I wish there was another venue for us because we'd love to spread our wings, but there's not. And uh, the Melbourne Showgrounds. Uh, 
the Royal Agricultural Society are great people to work with and they understand our issues and they work closely with us and they've been great stakeholders in the event as well. So, you know, we've surrounded ourselves with great friendships over the years mm. as well, which is great. And what do you think it was with your around 10 years of of seeing the potential and you knew that it could make money in the end, what changes did you make? How did you bring people on board? You said everyone could see the potential and could see it working. What did yes. you have to iron out over those years? What was, was there a turning point that you remember? Yeah, there was because, the, you know, it's like turning on a light switch. Some, someone says, makes a comment to you. I, I, I'll never remember who it was, sadly, but I think it was, um, we were, I was sort of crying on someone's shoulder that I just, I don't know what it is, I can't get this to work. And someone said to me, stop trying to do a German event in Australia. You've got to adjust the model so that Aussies feel comfortable within it. And, you know, there's, there's sort of change what the design of the model is so that there's a bit less entertainment, more horsemanship, all these sorts of things. And that's when we started doing TWAF, the, the, the way of the horse, and started really showcasing. Who created that? Where did that come from? What? Who was the first one to bring that out? It was us, and um, we had a, 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 an employee, uh, Jamie Page, um, who's now owns a lot of the horseland shops and things. And Jamie's a real horseman and a, a very smart guy. And uh, he, he he had the idea of doing it. And uh, we, it was like, as I said, it was like turning on a light. And to his credit, mm. um, you know, he he worked on it and got the model right, and uh, got got some advice on how to do it from people like Sandy Simons, who's, uh, you know, she's Sandy's been a, a great friend to us, and uh, and a really a an a, a important a backbone member of our team, and she doesn't work for us. Uh, at all, um, but she's contracted to us uh, to help us, and she's our, a very important link uh, and knowledge of her. She's one of these people that just has this fantastic knowledge of the uh, of the equine world, and she lives and breathes it, and is a brilliant trainer in her own right. And you know, David Simons uh, uh, is you know globally respected for his reining and horsemanship, etc. So, uh, you know, we're lucky to have these people with us. And, and she helped us with Jamie uh, get uh, the way of the horse off the ground. And it is today, you know, we, we still are very thankful to them, people like that, to, for getting us started in there. And it, it was a game changer. It really was, Tracy. It, it, uh, it helped us mould the event to the Australian way. And it, and it was like putting a jetpack on the back and uh, it took off. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I believe you do something with Brumbies as well. How did that come about? Yeah, the Brumby Challenge. Um, you know, once again, uh, working with the Australian Brumby Association and, uh, um, you know, getting involved with them. And uh, they they were already doing a competition successfully but wanted to showcase it in a bigger uh, um yeah, bigger venue, and uh, we worked with them, and uh, by uh, them agreeing to adjust a little bit and getting it to fit into uh, the um, the Melbourne environment that we have, um, it's that's become a, a great competition as well, and, and uh, you know such an iconic Australian horse, etc. It's great; they're the things that we need to do, and that's part of the evolution of the event. Um, so, you know, working with all the disciplines and associations and uh, making sure that uh, I, I use the term that we need to be Swiss, you know, neutral and try and over the, over, you know, we can't do absolutely everything every time, but every event mm. we do things different. And that's, that's good for us because it's a different personality of event. No two events are the same. People, you can come every time we do an Equitana and you won't be bored because every one of them has points of difference. Not everything's different because we still have to do our dressage competitions and show jumping and all those sorts of things. But we can do bits around them which are completely different. And, uh, you know, we're trying to showcase youth now and and uh, it's, it's great uh, that we're able to work with the broader 
equine community to do things differently. And uh, this year, to give you an example, we're going to build the largest equine venue ever built in Australia um, so that we can fit all these new competitions in and, and bring new disciplines in and new uh, yeah, Western competitions, all sorts of things uh, that uh, we're able to do. Wonderful. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's been quite a journey, but uh, uh, no complaints here, as they say. It's it's been terrific. And now you've done this for twenty years. Yes. What is a story that you can think of? I'm now I'm putting you on the spot a bit here, but what's something that's really stand out for you in those twenty years? Give us a story of Equitana that sticks in your mind over all of that time. I think the main thing. I'll tell you the story that's always stuck in my mind that you've got to imagine when we were starting and we had this little office in Brighton, mm -hmm. in Victoria, in Melbourne, and we invited these different disciplines into the office and it was very willing. There was shouting, there was, and as I said earlier, there was a little bit of push and shove at one stage. Yeah. And we were really worried, you know, this is, this is going to be volatile at the, at the venue. But one night, we're back of house and the, the main event is on, this entertainment night we were doing. And there's a cowboy talking to a dressage guy. And they were chatting away and I was intently listening to them because I thought, oh, no, you know, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> I'm going to have to. Uh, yes, I'll probably, I'll probably get pushed and shoved myself out of this. But they got talking about training methods and things they do. Um, with uh, tr training techniques. And the cowboy looks at this guy and he goes, hang on, I've got exactly that same problem. And he was a rainer. And uh, he said, I've got exactly the same problem. They started talking about the techniques and uh, you know, dealing with impatient horses and all these sorts of things. And they're starting to realize that they've mm. got a lot in common. Yeah, this, this, and what one, the cowboy's looking thinking, oh, you're just a hoity-toity dressage person. And, uh, and all of a sudden he, he goes, oh, he's, oh, we, that's exactly how we yeah. do it. And I said, <laughs> oh, phew, phew. And they were, they ended up being great mates. And then, and then this started uh, spreading amongst all the, the, the people that were there. And all of a sudden, it was this great spectacle of cowboys happily talking to the Olympic discipline peoples and starting to swap techniques and talk and that. And now uh, there's this great atmosphere at Equitana in the stables and everywhere where people network and there's friendships that have been made and uh, people are swapping training techniques and, and knowledge and it's great, and you know, it's it's over the years that's been my greatest joy that uh, we have in our own small way. And I'm not saying it's completely yeah. us; it's not. But in our small way, we've been able to contribute that, and to actually create an environment where they can all come together and swap notes, basically, and share knowledge. And it's a it's such a positive thing. And I, and, and I honestly believe um, that we have contributed to that and uh, I'm proud of that. So that's, that's, that's my, my favourite outcome, yeah. if you like. Yeah, that's something to be really proud of. I, I'm having a, a vision in my head of how that would happen and I would be pretty impressed with that as well. That would be a great conversation to listen to. Wow. Oh, it was. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, just to see all those smiling faces that come through. The other thing too is that um, you know venues all around Australia you know, have to be very commercial, and what they don't realise that Equitan is very unique um, because we understand we're dealing with people's passion, and I believe that there is no sport that generates passion. Uh, like equine sport, because of that love of the of the, the great beast that people have, and horses become family, and so people carry that passion wherever they go uh, with them. It's an expensive job. It's an expensive hobby, and it takes a lot it of is. your time. Like you have to be passionate to have a horse. Yes, and absolutely. Do it yeah, I agree. Yeah, with that's you. true. Yeah, that's right. That's spot on. Mm -hmm. So. 
what the venues don't realise, and it took us a long time to, to teach and train the Melbourne showgrounds this, that, that, you know, they didn't want to open up uh, food venues, for instance, till 10 o'clock because, you know, you had to pay people on an hourly rate and all this sort of stuff. We said, no, you, you have to get there early because these people come, they eat breakfast, lunch and dinner. And you've got to be ready for that. You've got to have those egg and bacon rolls <laughs> yeah. ready in the morning. And it took us years to get them to understand that. But, you know, it's amazing. Equitana is actually really good value for money. If, if, if you've only got $45 to spend on a day ticket, you can come and you can arrive at 9 o'clock in the morning and you can leave, you know, at 7 o'clock at night if you want and you will not be bored for one second. Uh, mm. Because of the way the education program works, uh, the way the competition program works, you know, you can pay your forty-five dollars and see so much, and that's something that we will never change. Um, we we want to make sure uh, that uh, people leave with a smile on their face and saying, you know what, that was a really good day out, and I, I was glad I invested in it because you have to respect that because people spend so much on their horses and the lifestyle that comes with being a, a horsey person. Mm. You know, that, it, a lot of people don't have the money left over to travel to Melbourne, to book accommodation, to feed themselves. And by the way, I've got to buy a ticket to get in. So yeah. we're respectful of that and we, we, we will keep that option. So, you know, you can see a brilliant event like the way of the horse, which, which is captivating. And you can see it on a GA ticket. Yeah. Um, you know, yes, where we're the, the big competitions with prize money, et cetera, um, we do have to charge a day ticket and it's a lot more expensive. We understand that. But at least you've got, you can, uh, you know, there's, there's for uh, the cost of a day ticket, you can get there at 9 o'clock, you can leave at 10.30 at night. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not bad. And, uh, you know, it's the facility's good. You can wear your good shoes and, not get them dirty, and and generally uh, have a great time. And we're 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 very strict with the venue that the quality of food has to be good, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, it is expensive. Uh, I can I can hear everyone out in podcast land saying, yeah, but what about the cost of the food and all this? Stuff? It is, it's true. Um, yeah, but tell me a venue that's not. Yeah, well, that's the point. And it's not like it's expensive compared to other venues. Yeah. You go to the football. You to the basketball, you go anywhere to a sporting event in Australia and you pay through the nose for everything. Yeah, and people need to know that we agree with them. It's not as if we get a share of that. And we agree with them. It is expensive and we fight. Uh, you know, it's, and w w we say to people like the showgrounds, you've got to remember that these are our clients. These, the, these are our people that we're bringing to the venue uh, we, we we fight for them, but it's tough. And you know, unfortunately, in, in the city of Melbourne, things are expensive, and venues are expensive, and food's expensive. And we're we're but we can at least help by um, you know keeping the margins on the tickets um, to to a slim level, so we can at least survive ourselves. We've talked a bit about the way of the horse and the Vic Brumby Challenge and other things. Who's something else we should keep an eye out for this Equitana? Give us one more piece of gold. Well, our, our internationals are always a great thing. We we started bringing people out right from the word go. Um, you know, Anki Van Gruzen in the early days, and uh, these have all been marvellous people. You know, I was uh, I'll tell you a story. I was, uh, I was dispatched by my team uh, a number of years ago to a world equestrian game. Are you poor thing? And I was told that the, the big <laughs> <laughs> I was, t you know, I was. <laughs> I just you must have gone kicking guy. and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was horrible. Someone's got to do it, though, Tracy. You know. <laughs> so um, I was able to talk my way into the stables, and I was going around, and there's these fantastic, magnificent horse flesh, and uh, these incredible international names, and. I plucked up the courage um, to go and talk to Stefan Peters. This and this, and I, I, he could see I was nervous, and uh, I shook his hand and I, I, I said, "I'd like to invite you to Australia." And instead of laughing me out, because to these people, mm. um, they don't need to come to Australia. They earn a fortune 
in America and uh, Europe. And um, it, you know, to, to Europeans and Americans, coming to Australia, is it's a big flight and it's very hard for them uh, to get yeah. distance around. Aussies do it naturally. You know, we're, we're, we're intrepid um, travellers and for us, uh, you know, an eight-hour drive isn't the end of the world. To a European, <laughs> an eight-hour drive is like sticking a pin in their eye. So, so I went to him, and and and, uh, and he was he was a fabulous guy, and uh, he 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 said, you know what, I'd like to come to Australia. Let let's see if we can do it. And um, it was it was fantastic, and he was he, he was a great star, and he came here and did brilliant master classes, and you know over the years. Um, with people like Charlotte Dujardin, et cetera, being so proud that they've been prepared to come here. And they've all left saying, oh, I really enjoyed that. I was, I was wondering what I was getting myself into coming to this, uh, you know, this small event in Australia. And they get here and they think, wow, you know, this is actually a, not a small event. Uh, even by global standards, it's a, it's a decent size event. And uh, But the standards are really good. We... we Really try to build a genuine European quality um, equine arena, and uh, you know, we, unfortunately, in putting down temporary surfaces, they're always a bear to work with, and we live and die by our surfaces. And I don't pretend we get them right every time; we don't. Um, but we can only deal with the products that we can get our hands on from quarries, etc. And uh, we do our best, and we put our heart and soul into it. We work literally all night. On getting them right, but you know, by the time <laughs> events ending, they're they're pretty good. Um, and yeah, you know, these these people from overseas have been very complimentary about what we do. And to me, that's another thing I'm very proud of. So, you know, this year when I look, we've been able to get uh, Pedro Torres, uh, who's a classical dressage master. And uh, um, you know, we really struggle these days as the European market gets bigger to attract people to Australia, you know, you can, I can throw a bomb of money at them. I, you know, I, it's, you know, yeah, I, I can offer these people tens of thousands of euros and they still yeah. don't want to come because they don't need to come. And that's so frustrating. But this guy, Pedro has been fantastic and uh, he's excited about coming. He's got some great ideas. He's going to do, a terrific masterclass, in the, in, for, and uh, people will get a lot out of that. And uh, um, that'll that'll be great. We've got Stacey Westfall. Um, mm -hmm. We've had her out previously in Sydney, and um, she she's she's won an event called the Road to the Horse. Um, same type of thing into Way of the Horse, um, done with Mustangs in uh, America, and she's won that. She's a she's a brilliant horseman or horse person and uh, yeah there's not many people who wouldn't have seen her on that youtube video of her in that beautiful yeah, well, white that's dress. one of the, the memories that, I, it, that uh, I, I can't escape um she's that was beautiful mm. it really was and that's one of those moments you look back and you get goosebumps and think oh you know we've done this this we've she's agreed to come here and she's done this mm -hmm. performance which was nothing short of breathtaking so uh, uh she she'll be back yeah. and she's a, she, she's a divine person and uh, really excited she embraces people and uh, she's uh, she's got so much to give so uh it's going to be wonderful having her. And Chris Burton's coming as well. You know, a really international star of uh, eventing, and uh, we're so pleased to have him. And uh, you know, uh, it's it's amazing when you look at the lineup of uh, of Australian and international horsemen coming. You know, we used to be really pleased twenty years ago if we could get uh, one or two internationals, and you know, I think this year when I look at the list, there's about seven. So. It's it's great. So we have that uh, reputation now. People are prepared to come, and uh, uh, we we'll, we'll put on a brilliant education program. So um, there's a lot to look forward to. So uh, I think it's fair to say the glass is very much uh, half full, and uh, I'm happy to say that. Yeah, and it's great to see it still going and thank god it's making money <laughs> thanks for hanging in there yes. for so long and where do you you're starting to sound like me <laughs> yeah. 
Well, <laughs> I understand business well enough to know cash flow is the, the king. And if you don't have it, then you're in a lot of trouble. So, um, yeah, yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. Mm. And where do you see Equitana going? Where, where's your vision for the future? Well, we're, we're, we, we don't want to stay stagnant. Um, I've got great hopes for New Zealand. Um, so in the off year, um, next year we'll be back in Auckland. And I've got great hopes for that. And um, that's something that we're going to work very hard on because that gives you know, Aussie people too. Uh, New Zealand, the way the airfares are working these days, it's, it's really another state. And I don't mean this in a derogatory way to New Zealand, but when you look at the cost of flying to New Zealand, it's no different to flying to Brisbane, say. Exactly. So that's why yeah. I say it's like, a, it's like another state. You know, you can get there inexpensively. Yeah, and we're up here in Brisbane and it's a very easy flight as well. And it's a beautiful country. Why would you mm. not want to go to New Zealand? The first time I went there, yeah. I, said, I didn't know that there were people nicer than Australians, but I found them. It is such a lovely yeah. country and the people are so incredibly kind. I love travelling to New Zealand. little plug for New Zealand, yes. but it's true. Yeah, we, we, we all, Aussies uh, feel very comfortable there and it's great and there's that, it's a bit like Melbourne and Sydney, there's that, there's that great little ribbing that you can get and uh, that's all very healthy as well. But uh, they have a passion for horses over there. It's, it's wait for age. You know, when you look at the population difference, it's almost bigger there than it is here because everyone loves their horses over there. And Maori culture is such that horses are really embraced. And it's a beautiful culture too. It's very kind, the Maori culture to horses. Oh, they're magnificent. Well, Tui Teka. Uh, he'll be in Australia this year. He's one to watch because what you've just said is so true and you'll actually see that uh, on display through him. He's a gem and a, mm. a brilliant horseman, you know, someone that should be really respected and uh, it's sort of a name to watch if you like because uh, he, he's just so natural. It's great. And also just we, we must keep the evolution of Equitana Melbourne going uh, with uh, you know fresh and new competitions and uh, finding um, finding new ways to present and uh, making the um, you know I'm investing a lot in equine equipment so we've got kilometres of, of good quality horse fencing um, that's purpose built so that the horses feel safe and uh, people can see the quality of the arenas etc and all those sorts of things that you know we, we don't just take and take and take we actually do invest in the event and the infrastructure uh, every year so the, the profits are, are, are um, reinvested which is which is uh, given us this longevity that's what's that's how we've been able to do it that uh, more and more we have a warehouse that's just getting more full of specialized equipment mm. so uh, you know, it's it's good for the future and it seems to have quite a bit of breadth about it so you've even got people um, working with equine facilitated learning you've got clicker training which I suspect would be liberty training it's really quite advanced yes. and progressive what it is you're showing there mindset set for success people you really it's not just come and learn how to ride a horse is it no because um you know you've got to take people on a journey and uh, there's so many you know um, people who uh, have horses that you know they know so much they know a lot more than i do that's for sure so our job is to go out and find the new techniques and find new ideas and you know what we know everyone doesn't agree with them um but you've still got to show people that there are alternatives there's new techniques um, you've at least got to show them. So if you don't see it, how can you have an informed decision? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's you know, we, we do have some people that we bring in and that may be seen as, as controversial. But you can't shy away from them. They're there and they have a right in the same way as everyone does to show their techniques. And, to, and um, you know, it, it's almost like different cooking methods. Yeah. Some people don't like styles of cooking. Well, it's like training techniques for horses. It's the same. But the one common denominator in all of this, and people should never forget this, these trainers love their horses just as much as the next person. They don't know one. Uh, we would never, ever condone, you know, a, a cruel or unjust or impatient method of training. Um, you know, we're fierce about that. Um, so you've just got to trust people that this new technique 
Um, you know, uh, you may not agree with it, but it's it's an alternative, and some people will like it. Yeah. So, and with yeah, you know, that's why 000, I say we yeah, fifty thousand people turning up, and how many different horse breeds and how many different disciplines? We're not going to all do it the same way. If if you want to, yeah, we're not get the breadth of the industry there. You've got to show the breadth of the industry. Exactly, and you can't be you know that's that's the evolution of the uh, equine industry as well. That, that you know these new techniques from overseas and uh, are, are going to come in, and and that's a good thing. Let's have a look at them. Let's not become a complete island fortress. Let's let's open up our minds and and see what's there. And uh, um, you know we live in fear of criticism of uh, the power of the mobile phone and and social media, etc. So if you think. You know, we don't deliberately set out to do things in a controversial way. We we want people to be happy. We want people to enjoy the experience and and not uh, see things that are unpleasant. So you know, we're we're very aware of that. It's a responsibility that that we carry. And as I say, we we know we don't get things right all the time. We accept that, but. You know, we're honest people and we're, we're at least having a go and um, we ask people to be patient with us sometimes. Yeah, it's a big event. It's a really big event. I can't imagine what it's like it fighting fires for that four days. You must not sleep for those four days. No, it's it's gruelling. Um, I couldn't do it for 10 days like the Germans. <laughs> I keep saying that they're, they're supreme, you know. You can have all that to yourself. I couldn't do this for 10 days myself. Yeah. Four days, I think, is enough. And the exhibitors are getting tired and, you know, they've worked hard and they've been on their feet all their day. So we're very respectful of that as well. So, yeah, four days is enough. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. And so the dates of Equitana this year, it starts on Thursday the 15th of November? It does. It does. The doors will be open and uh, we've... Uh, uh, we're all uh, ready and the trains will be running again so uh, people can um, travel for free on their on their Equitana ticket. Um, so uh, get to Spencer Street and come on the train and uh, uh, then the doors are open at nine o'clock and uh, and we'll be uh, we'll be there and uh, right through to uh, the afternoon of Sunday the 18th. And you will uh, love every minute of it. That's a that's a promise. Wonderful. And where can we find everything we need to know about Equitana? What's your website? Uh, it's uh, www.equitana.com.au, and everything you need is there. Great. And you're also on Facebook. Can I encourage everyone to sign up? Yeah, sign up on Facebook. And uh, get the bulletins, and, and let us uh, let us send you some uh, electronic information and updates, and all the exciting stuff that uh, is coming your way. And um, you know, it's uh, you, 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 I, I hate to tell everyone, but you're just going to have to buy a multiple day ticket because there is just so much happening on our 20th anniversary. This is this is uh, 20 years of work, and uh, it'll be the biggest event ever. And uh, the amount of education and competition in it, it's just a feast. It really is. So mm. I encourage everyone to uh, have a look at the website and uh, just see what's coming your way because uh, we're really proud of it. Yeah, and you should be. This I've been browsing through the, the timetable for the four days and I'm really a, a impressed at the breadth of things that you've got. There's, if you cannot find, as a horse person, something at Equitana that you're interested in i will eat my shoe it's extraordinary yes. um, what it is that you've put together yeah, it, it really is it's a wonderful event and the fact that you stuck at it for 10 years and didn't make a dime you know i'm i'm really grateful for yourself and your partner yes. and what it is that you've done to bring horse people together because i agree i'm very passionate about the fact that we all have one thing in common and that is the horse and we all love our horses mm. because it's too hard work to have them, to not love them. And um, and you're yeah. doing something that's really special. So thanks for what you do, Rod, because I think this event is super and I will definitely be there this year. Great. Well, I, I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you because it, uh, it's great. It's good to have that feedback. Yeah, and uh, thank you for your time today. I know it's precious because you've got one heck of an event to put on for us this year. So thanks for your time, Rod, and thanks for joining me today.
It's lovely talking to you, Tracy. Thank you. If you'd like to learn more about Equitana or grab some tickets for this year, just go to the link in the show notes of this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you might also like to take a look at earlier episodes in the series and find out how dancing with horses and leadership may just work together beautifully with Fiona Darrick Speedy in episode 15. I'm on a mission to make the world a better place for horses. This is a big mission with a really wonderful message and it needs your help. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to join me on my mission of making the world a better place for horses, please engage with me somehow. You can leave a review on iTunes or Facebook, share or comment on social media posts, or tell your friends about the podcast. You will find all the links to our social media on our website, comealongfortheride.com.au. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you'll find me on LinkedIn. If your friends don't know how to podcast, just send them to my website and tell them to hit play. It's the most user-friendly way to listen for anyone you know who might not quite know how but would love to listen. I would love it if you would get in touch and say hi. Let me know who you would like to hear interviewed on the podcast. I have some wonderful people lined up to speak to, but this is your show as much as mine. So please, if there is anyone you'd like to hear from, get in touch via the website or social media. One more time, come along for the ride.com.au. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Come Along for the Ride.